that's hot. That's hot. That's hot. Welcome back, fans and friends, to the Complete Guide to Horror podcast. Today, we're discussing the 2005 remake, House of Wax, that stars a whole bunch of people from teenage sitcoms of that era, but also Paris Hilton in the very first stunt casting feature for a prominent horror movie. <clears throat> when I first watched this movie as a 13-year-old, I didn't care for it. I didn't see like why I should like it but keep in mind 2005 was also the year where you know hating on Paris Hilton was a personality so seems like that car more than me nowadays I think I got sucked into that and you know the film marketed that so well a lot of the posters the trailers and everything seemed to be around see Paris die which was a huge stunt casting opportunity worked for the marketing people hated Paris Hilton for a, a lot of different reasons None of them genuine. They were just sick of seeing her on their TV every week with the simple life and every other avenue she was doing. It actually grossed over $70 million worldwide, did receive generally negative reviews from critics who criticized its, I guess, lack of originality, the screenplay, the characters, but some praise did go towards the atmosphere, the performances, the use of uh, physical effects as opposed to CGI per se. But I would say this is one of those mid-2000s horror movies where the, I guess, the favourable reception has turned over time. So while it got initial bad reception and whatnot, I feel like people are seeing this more as a, maybe a movie that was released at the wrong time. You know, it's definitely got a lot more favouritism about it now compared to 2005. Likewise, I should state, I've never seen the original House of Wax, and because it's made in, like, the 50s or whatever, I probably never will see it. Mm. I mean, it's the same with, like, House on Haunted Hill or 13 Ghosts or every other movie around that time. It's perfect for its time, but I probably would never watch it because I just don't think I'd be entertained by it. Don't encourage him. I think one of the creepiest things about the movie is the atmosphere itself. So, you know teenage people from like the OC or One Tree Hill or whatever they get stuck in this town it's revealed bit by bit throughout the movie that the town is actually inhabited by the wax corpses of other people who traveled through the town got killed turned into wax figures I also really like that the house of wax is a literal house of wax so I love the creativity with this movie and it also has some really strong scenes that i can't fucking stand to this day specifically referring to the part where um alicia cuthbert's character is like poking her fingers through the hole and the guy comes down and snip oh no, no. <laughs> just so perfectly done i already hate just thinking about yeah. it likewise there's some other scenes that i look at and i'm like 
did we really need that? And specifically referring to, I don't even remember the character's name, but it's one of the guys where uh, he's like running down the stairs or whatever, and he gets decapitated with the knife sword things. And even though his head's been decapitated, you see it blink. Blink, yeah. And it's like, why did it blink? That mm. I don't, were they trying to go for some kind of weird stylistic approach or whatever? But so I am curious to know, uh, Coop, what are your thoughts on House of Wax? I remember you and I talking about this movie way, way back when we were probably in like year seven or eight at Denmark mm. High. <laughs> I was, yeah, I kind of had a similar experience um, as you. Like I saw it years ago and it was, never one of sort of like my all-time favorites or anything like that and I don't think I'd even gone back and watched it since then um and so when I watched it again it was just all coming back to me and, and they're just so many familiar faces of this is just like the faces of the mid-2000s right here in this movie <laughs> I've been watching um Supernatural recently um after not getting into it for years and uh yeah Jared Padalecki who's one of the main characters in Supernatural was in this um mm. so that's interesting as well I'm glad that you mentioned the part of the finger through the grate. Oh, um, yes. that is, <laughs> I, I didn't realize that that had haunted me for years, but then when she put up, poked her finger up uh, through the grate and I was like, and like I suddenly remembered. And even before it happened, as soon as I ha had that moment of realization, I was just like, Oh no, that's right. Here it comes. Um, and just, yes, just, he does it so casually and it's just so fucking dark probably the darkest part in that movie i feel like the longer running time really worked in its favor as well i feel like a lot of um horror movies probably should lean into that more because um you're able to build the story more you're able to invest more in the characters mm -hmm. so then when something happens you do give a shit or you're really glad they're dead or you know whatever it is however the movie's set up um because as i was watching this i was like oh how far into the movie are am i um it feels like i'm like a fair way in, but like nothing really crazy has happened yet. Um, mm. Sometimes that can be an annoyance with me, but I feel like it kind of worked really well. I thought like the pacing's really good. The acting is decent. Like it's not, it's nothing to write home about. It's, there's no Oscar winning performances in this movie, mm. but it's um, everything kind of does what it needs to do in this movie, I mm -hmm. think. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's an enjoyable sort of more modern horror movie like you justin i haven't seen the original um i probably won't see it either ever or for a long time i probably should um there's a lot of more classic horror movies that i feel like i should probably um take the time to watch i mean it's not like i'm on a horror podcast or anything like that <laughs> <laughs> you are um, <laughs> yeah um, so i probably should do that um so i don't i can't compare it to the original um so i don't know if it's better or or worse um but i like the movie um and i think it's a good time so yeah also i should note too this is actually the second remake so uh way way back in 1933 <laughs> there was a movie that kicks on it all that was titled mystery of the wax museum and then there was a 1953 version also called house of wax so i'm actually surprised it wasn't like a 70s or 80s remake considering that there were a lot of remakes in the 80s, like The Blob, for instance, released in 1988. That was a mm. remake of the 50s version of The Blob, which was very stylistically different. And I mean, there's been talks of The Blob remake since 2006, when uh, Rob Zombie was actually supposed to do the remake for that one. But <laughs> nothing's ever happened. I don't think anything Halloween happened, that's why. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he, like, 
killed it all with Halloween. Yeah. Uh, but um, I also got to say, so I don't think many people know this, but this uh, the 2005 version of House of Wax was filmed at Movie World in Australia. So, you know, mm. I think most people would know that Movie World also has its own different like filming sets and whatnot. Where, I mean, if you go to Went Wild or if you're on a ride like uh, Superman or the Batwing or whatnot, and you're up at these incredible heights, you can see the film studio sets, which are often reserved for different sound stages. They've got the huge nature backdrop that's been used for other movies like Superman Returns in 2006. But um, there was this huge lawsuit. So back in January 2006, the owners of Village Roadshow Studios and Warner Brothers Movie World Australia announced that they were suing the special effects expert, David Fletcher, and the production company, Wax Production, because of a fire that happened on set during production. It was a $7 million lawsuit claiming that these people were grossly negligent over the fire, which destroyed part of the Movie World Studios, and that you know, part of the grounds of the negligence included not having firefighters on standby, which to me is fucking crazy yeah. that they wouldn't have firefighters or any kind of like things on set. I mean, we've mm-hmm. done things, and I am going back to like 2014, 15, where even when I was working at this tertiary education place, we filmed this commercial where we had 200 extras on set in the middle of a Kayama. And we had to have like firefighters, ambulance, paramedics, just in case something happened that might require like urgent medical attention, urgent fire attention. And to see that this huge multi-million dollar movie didn't have any of that on set is pretty fucking crazy to think of. Mm. Um, Maybe it's a recent thing, but I I just would have assumed 2005, you know, they would have had all these things on set anyway. But, um, you know, the set where the fire broke out has also been demolished and it was a field where Movie World kept for future projects. So I think initially they had built other rides in that area. Now they're turning it into the new um, Mm. Wizard of Oz precinct, if you like. But, yeah, it's just, that just blows my mind. Uh, uh, Yeah. I really like this film. Um, This would have been my first sort of foray into, I guess, horror movies when I was younger. I think... This is one of the earliest ones I can remember along with like Wrong Turn that I think I watched at a very young age, maybe like 11 or 12. I just love the whole concept of like this abandoned town that it's just full of wax people, Mm. essentially. I like that like the pet store has real dogs in it. I like the whole, you know, lady in the window sort of doing her projection, Um, the the cinema, um, the church scene. It's interesting to see that in like on wikipedia when i read it that it lacks originality i think like this is really cool because it is actually a wax house it is actually Mm. built of wax they haven't cgi'd it um yeah i had a good time with this uh the other scene with the finger one which i always cringe at is the achilles heel scene yeah even though you don't really see they kind of like they do shot that's the other one that always got me as well but the finger one yeah Yeah. like that um yeah, I think it's a really it's a really creative film. I've got some quirks with the casting of it and a bit of sort of the backstory, but apart from that, yeah, I really like this film and I had this one on DVD, so it was a good time watching it again. Just good vibes watching it because it's just so many like good scenes and just like even the even the the directing of it's pretty standard. There are some like nice touches where like he's cutting down the middle 
of the door and it goes between the twins it kind of yeah. cuts them in half i like sort of like even it's kind of cheesy that's cool um yeah no a good time and uh yeah props to them to actually doing sort of a, a fake town and sort of not really using a lot of cgi for me i haven't seen any other death scenes like uh i don't remember the character's name i'm gonna confuse it with like every other actor <laughs> in that movie because to me they all look the same whether it's the oc or yeah. one tree hill or riverdale don't kill me bp no but uh, <laughs> the you know there's that death scene where he's stuck in that contraption and the killer turns on the hot wax shower mm. i haven't seen anything like that before it probably is in one of the other house of wax movies likewise there's that one scene that's actually one of my favorite parts of the movie where he's they find this guy and he's just like stuck and the guy tries to like help peel the wax off and realizes yeah. he's actually peeling off his skin yeah i haven't seen that in any other horror movie yeah. so you know to me when i was watching that i was like oh no 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 yeah i no thank you and then when the killer just like cuts half his face off and you see the exposed yeah. teeth and mm. oh i was just like that looks mm. realistic <laughs> i'm not saying it's perfectly real but that got a visceral reaction out of me so i was like e even you know 17 years later after its release i'm like that still holds up today um the wax figures themselves are fucking creepy as hell. I mean, they are. and also it's, a, this is a thing I really like about this movie too. They never directly state things like these killers killed 500 people, blah, 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 trying to make it, you know, exposition or whatever, hmm. but they show it and they allude to it, which builds up the atmosphere. How many people have these killers killed? Because yep. they were able to fill out a cinema, a church, parts of the town. Mm. And it's just like, what the fuck? That is creepy on a completely different level. Mm. But um, I will say too, this movie, I like that it kind of goes in and out between like creepy atmospheric horror that would be perfect for your classic 1930s, 50s, even 70s movie. And then straight into 90s, 2000s slasher modern territory where like we've mentioned the finger scene, the decapitation, even just um, there's a part where Alicia Cuthbert is on top of the grate and the knife's going in and out to like try and stab her feet. And I'm just like, oh, fuck that. That yeah. creeps me out. I yeah. do not like that. But for a horror movie, this is the perfect way to do it. Um, but yeah, my favorite part of this overall is the creativity I like that the House of Wax does burn down at the end. Do you see yeah. all the figures melt, like the girl in my background picture that looks like Jen? Yeah. Pretty bunch. I really do like the, yeah, the burning down at the end of the, the movie is really good way to sort of climax something like this. Um, there's some really nice shots of the furniture, like just dipping down and melting into the ground. Um, I think another really good way um, that they showed sort of you know, how, how many people have they killed is every single time sort of one of them got slashed into, they were sort of at different points of decomposition. Mm. Um, so you sort of got to see, oh, well, that one's been recently killed. I can see blood. That one um, gets slashed open and a rat falls out, you know, like that's, I loved that because um, it really sort of creates um, a snapshot of, of how big the backstory is, mm. um, which sort of helps with the impact of, of the whole thing um the yeah the snipping of the finger of course is yeah it's obviously iconic we've all <laughs> it obviously all <laughs> hits us 
um, a certain way. Um, yeah, the, I mean, the, the pole being thrown into to, um, Paris Hilton's head is <laughs> probably like the silliest one, but it is shot really well when it hits her head and she falls onto it and like slides down the, the pole. Even though I saw this movie before Founder Session 3, which, you know, we have to reference every episode, but <laughs> when I rewatched House of Wax and uh, that part happened where she slides down the pole, I did think of Founder Session 3 where... I can't remember the character's name, but she gets hit with the pole and she just slides down, but it's through her stomach. Yeah. And I realised watching, you know, that scene again, I was like, oh, Final Decision 3 kind of copied the Paris Hilton one, they, but they changed it from the head to the stomach. Yeah. So maybe that's a bit of creative licensing, but yeah, no, even, even Paris Hilton in this movie, because, you know, she has had a bit of a resurgence lately where, you know, I, I guess she's more favorable in the public eye. So, you know, if you see Paris Hilton on your TV or the internet, you're like, oh yeah, it's Paris Hilton. Like her, don't like her, whatever. Whereas 2005, it would have been, oh, fucking Paris Hilton again. I'm sick of that bitch. Mm. But, you know, it's like they use that stunt casting to such an advantage where, you know, people like her fans were going to go and watch this movie because they love her. Likewise, all the Paris haters would have been like, oh, I didn't want to see this movie because fucking Paris Hilton's in it. Oh, mm. but we get to watch her die. Sign me up. I don't know. It's getting late. What do you want to do? I just like the eeriness and the concept of the town and the fact you both guys touched on, like, how many people have been killed. And I guess it's just so interesting, like, has this been going on for you know, five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, the fact that even at the end of the film, the police said that if it wasn't for the fire, they wouldn't have known the town was there. So mm. it's sort of a bit sort of, it kind of, a lot of this film did kind of give me wrong turn vibes and the fact that in wrong turn, you know, these like ancestral uh, creatures are sort of killing these people and storing their cars away and they've got all the keys in the phone somewhere. So like people going missing, but people don't know where they are. Um kill scenes as i said like the finger scene the achilles scene um the scene where he's trying to pull at jared padalecki's face and he's actually mm -hmm. alive at that point which is mm -hmm. so like fucked because mm -hmm. you can see him like mm, and he's you know looking and then starts pulling it i'm like why would you keep pulling it yeah yeah <laughs> even the props like i love the cinema it's playing that black and i don't know if that is the original house of wax playing i, I don't know if it's meant to be some sort of trivia there with what's playing on the screen at all um but I do like how, you know, you've got people in the theatre, the church is full, they've got the tape recorder, it reveals in the end, that's playing the organist, what do you call it, yeah. Um, and like the pet store, which I think so bizarre that they actually have real pets there and I'm just thinking, yeah, anyway. I just think they do a really good job at sort of convincing, like it's just an eeriness of a town and that like the two uh, main people just kind of walk around like there's nothing wrong but even i would just be like i haven't seen a single soul so wouldn't you think something's up but they're like oh it's a cool town and then she just <laughs> goes into like the service station and she's like hello no one's here <laughs> <laughs> on the dvd you can go behind the scenes and watching the sort of the making of the house wax pretty cool one thing which i didn't actually like was the killer so i thought it was kind of pretty fucking stupid just everything from the whole backstory because we're led to believe that it's two killers that are twin brothers plot twist at the end there's a third so it's actually triplets but then at the same time it was just like ah oh, okay i thought it was just some random guy that was like trying to help them or whatnot yeah but then 
you know, are they working together? Is he not part of the killers? Is he mm. like the, I guess you could say like the outcast of the family? Mm. And even just like the costume design and whatnot, I was just like, oh, this feels very Phantom of the Opera or yeah. just very out of place compared to the rest of the movie where I'll be honest, I don't know what the costume should have been or if they should have worn a mask or something, but just mm. something different that didn't look so stock Generic. standard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying they have to wear a ghost face mask, but, mm-hmm. you know, just something to have its own stylistic point of difference that would have tied in better with the movie. Um, likewise, I did really care for the opening scene where it was supposed to be the brothers as children and whatnot. I didn't really understand it. I was kind of expecting that there'd be something else, maybe like a Saw-esque style thing where it was like someone gets turned into a wax figure, which I know they do with the other character, but just something to really start the film off a bit stronger. And then they could have introduced the brother characters or whatever somewhere else throughout the movie. But I mean, that's the only thing I don't really like. And to be fair, the killers aren't really an important part of the movie. You know, it's mostly to do with the young cast. This is a 2000s horror flick. So, of course, with the whole Rise of Final Destination, we want to mm. see creative death scenes. We want to see a good atmosphere backdrop. The whole third brother thing was, I don't know, if that was meant to be like a twist. I thought it was pretty obvious that he was in cahoots with it yeah. somehow. Mm. I didn't even think it really necessarily needed the family connection thrown in at the last minute. Yeah. Um, just to have that eeriness of him sitting there. I don't know. I thought the whole, like, uh, the fact that um, they only knew because of the file, that, I mean, that was kind of eerie enough as it was. Mm. Um, I thought they didn't need to just kind of throw in a last-minute um, swerve or twist. I, I'm not a fan of when movies do that. Um, if a movie's already sort of, like, strong enough and then it just feels like something's added in on top, that can be kind of a detriment yep. to it. But mm. that would probably be one of the only few issues. Like, that probably is the only issue that I have with this movie, really, is is that. Yeah. One thing, I don't know if this is a little bit of a plot hole or whatnot, but if there was an actual house of wax made of wax, I see that being a really popular thing. So I can't remember in the movie if they ever talk about like whether that specifically constructed house of wax was a recent thing maybe after the whole town got abandoned and whatnot but mm. when do you think that'd be a really prominent like landmark or something that like the cops would get involved or anyone else to rediscover the town likewise with all the teenage characters i mean if they of all people were able to find it on their way to one tree hill or the oc or whatever surely there would have been a lot more other people that mm. they would have been able to kill or whatever to further populate the town and whatnot. But I don't know, that's a little plot mm. hole that I obsess over because I obsess over everything. When you think Paris Hilton in that film, everyone just goes straight to like, yeah, she gets like um trunchbull with the um javelin through the head, essentially, <laughs> in the, the car scene. Um and the only other part of the film I was kind of a bit irked was there was a section I think in about a bit after halfway. And it literally had three stories going on. So it had Paris Hilton and the guy at the tent site, like having sex or about to have sex. It had Chad Michael Murray and the chick walking around town, I think trying to find Jared Padalecki and, no, sorry, Chad Michael Murray and the guy from Scream were walking around town. 
And then it had Jared Padalecki already dead and then the girl. So you had like three stories going on at once and it just felt so weird that we were kind of watching three different stories in the same film. It should have just stuck with just the, I don't know, like it kind of, it worked out like that, but it just felt so bizarre because they kept, it was switching between those three stories briefly and then kind of just went back to the main story of the girl essentially at the end. I do have some trivia. Uh, for the movie some things I didn't know about until I was just going through IMDb trivia then Alicia Cuthbert actually got stuck repeatedly in the melty wax bed during that scene yeah uh the wax was actually peanut butter I didn't know that cool. I thought it was just some other kind of material maybe I actually don't know <laughs> what other material it would have been but um also in the church where uh Alicia hides as well as the movie theater scene where you know, her and Nick are hiding from the killers as well. Most of the wax figures were actually extras wearing masks. So, you know, I did I did re-watch that scene after I read the trivia. I was like, oh, I wonder if I can see anyone, like, blinking or moving or yeah, anything. Yeah. But that, it all looks perfectly still to me. I mean, I, I guess it's a good way to save on money. But I also mm-hmm. wonder, because usually extras in Australia get paid, uh anywhere between like $35 to $85 per hour. So if they had to refilm the cinema scene or the church scene or whatnot, the cost could have easily blown to $850 per extra on the set, mm. assuming that's like 10 like ten hours of filming or whatnot. But no, I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, also, one thing we didn't touch on was uh, the part where Carly, the main character, where her lips get sealed together and she pries them open. You can see all the blood and everything. So the actress, Alicia, she insisted on using the real glue over her lips instead of prosthetics. So I don't know if that's for the entire scene uh, or if it's just like that one close-up where you see the glue and maybe they just like quickly washed it out or whatever. But that scene was pretty effective to me where she's like trying to do that. You see the blood coming out. Um, Obviously for the actress's safety they wouldn't have like done real blood or actually super glued her lip shut or anything but mm-hmm. i still thought that was pretty cool um <laughs> something about paris hilton so her death scene was originally longer and featured more gore but it was cut for the theatrical release it's never expanded what that extra gore would have been maybe it would have been like brains or something mm-hmm. i'm not sure or maybe she would have been like fucked up a bit more before the whole hole through her head but um <laughs> during her chase scene as well so Paris was embarrassed by her scream so the first three times she screamed she had the whole cast and crew scream along with her so that she didn't feel <laughs> like so uh, insecure or whatnot which is typical Paris Hilton but I mean more power to her mm. um there was also an additional opening scene which was never filmed it was only in the script so the film originally opened with a character named Jennifer stuck on an empty road with car troubles and is attacked by one of the killers. Though this scene was scrapped, her presence still lingers in the film. She's the female sculpture that Vincent is working on and is later displayed with a pink dress and bouquet of flowers outside the movie theatre. And I should add, so that alternate opening scene is included as a special feature on the DVD and Blu-ray, which yep. you, you've probably seen BPs. I've you mentioned yeah. the DVD. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So she she's pulled over. She's got car trouble, and then in the distance, so she's ringing. What what do they call like NRMA over there? They call that name like whatever. Um, 
and then she see head she's like oh i'm waiting for a tow truck i haven't seen him and then she's like no worries he's here now and then it's that ute i don't know if it's the ute at the campsite or yeah later on and then she's like hello and then she turns around starts walking back to a car and then he drives along picks her up throws her through the window and then the camera kind of pans down into the audio system. And I presume that's where it would say House of Wax. It was it was really like low res as well. So it didn't yeah. it wasn't a good opening scene like to use. I the the breakfast thing with the the twins was cool and the whole like, you know, using the belts and stuff. And why can't you be like your brother? I didn't mind that actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's um it's interesting because when I saw this bit of trivia before, it said that the opening scene had never been filmed. And then on IMDb, it says that it's included on the DVD. And it's like, yeah. did they mean that it just wasn't edited properly or? it Yeah. yeah. It looks, it, all it says is deleted scene and then, all, um, yeah, alternative opening or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't that good. It was yeah, pretty shit. After years and years of the film's growing popularity and the cult following that happened around like 2014, 2015, mm. uh, the film's writers pitched a possible prequel as opposed to a sequel. But they pictured the prequel being more about the killer's earlier kills. So maybe it would have been like the construction of the House of Wax. Maybe it would have been around them populating the town and whatnot. I think it could have worked. Um, you know, it would have been cool to see the actual House of Wax being constructed. Um, and I think that would have been a bit more entertaining than like your typical like House of Wax 2. And maybe it's like Jamie Lynn Spears or it's, you know. The cast of Riverdale, because <laughs> if we're going by the 2000s formula where it's like the most popular teen TV shows, I mean, teen TV shows today, what would it be? Like Heartstopper, Riverdale, Sabrina? <laughs> I, I can't actually think of any other teen TV shows because I'm not a teenager, so no. I don't watch it. <laughs> it's too many. One of the killers in this movie is named Vincent, which is a nod to Vincent Price, who appeared in the original House of Wax in 1953, which was the remake of Mystery at the Wax Museum or whatever. But um, even just some other bits around the box office. So even though this was marked as a box office bomb upon its release, the VHS and DVD rentals earned a revenue of $42 million, which is quite impressive, especially for a horror movie. But What's more impressive to me is that VHS was still being, <laughs> you know, profitable in 2005. Oh, I thought yeah. most people would have transitioned to DVD by that time. But yeah. I remember even we had like a separate VHS collection and maybe like a small DVD collection at that period of time. Now, I don't think I have any VHSs or DVDs. So, mm-hmm. yeah, time is a strange <laughs> thing. Just it's a unique film, I guess, in the concept of wax. So, yeah, I just, as I said earlier, I don't think it needs to be no remakes. Anyone listening, don't go and touch it, leave it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, they waited what like fifty-two years, um, to make that one. Uh, it's it's only been seventeen years, I reckon give it another 20, 30 years at least because it, it holds up really well, I feel, um, and it doesn't need to be tarnished. So leave it. Yep. Yeah. BP and Coop, thank you very much for joining me today to discuss House of Wax. Thank you. Thanks again. 
Listeners, keep an eye out for future episodes. If you liked our podcast, give us a like, comment, share, tip, etc., etc. And if you hated this podcast, don't even think about it. I ain't kissing you, dude. Hey, squirrel friend, when one video ends, just open up another one. It's called Ben Viewing. Go ahead. I support you.